0: everybody. Grab your Bible, pencil, your journal, and maybe even a cup of coffee and join in on the conversation. But first, I would like for you to write this down. Esther 4 verses 12 through 14. When Esther's words were reported to Mordecai, he sent back this answer. Do not think that because you are in the king's house, you alone of all the Jews will escape. For if you remain silent at this time, Relief and deliverance for the Jews will arise from another place, but you and your father's family will perish. And who knows that you have come to the royal position for such a time as this.
1: Hey everyone, welcome to Write This Down with Dot Bowen. My name is Kara. I am Dot's daughter, and as you know, we sit down together every week and we talk through truths and scripture. And in this episode, we are talking about the book of Esther. And just like how I say I always love David, my mom actually really loves Esther. I had no idea. But we talk about how God can do the impossible when it seems impossible. He can do anything with any circumstance, and you just never know. What God is doing, or how God will accomplish what He wants to accomplish. So, we are really glad that you're here. So, pull up a chair and listen in and join in our conversation. Hey, everybody, we're going to talk about
0: Esther. I love Esther. Yeah, I like her. Well, you don't really, we don't really know her, but she was beautiful, I hear. And one of the things I love about Esther is that it gives me an excuse. To go to uh, the spa, to go get a facial, and go get <laughs> yeah. my hair done. So If I'm Esther thinking, did it, you can do it. If Esther can do it, and she is in the Bible, I can. Now, even though, I don't know that.
1: Should we hold that standard for everyone in the Bible? You know, I love David, and we know what he did. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he had a heart toward God. I think we should. Well, yeah, but he that. also had an affair. Well,
0: no, I don't want you to do that. <laughs> but I do think that you can go and get a facial. I don't think anything wrong with that. I know you are. But you know what I uh, find it so interesting about Esther is nowhere in uh, this book, God is mentioned.
1: Yeah, I was going to ask you what you think about that. Because I know that there is some pushback from people in general of, you know, why is this book even in the Bible? Uh, Because— God is not mentioned. And I mean, really nothing of the sorts. like prayer maybe, a little bit, well, I guess, fasting, but that's really it. That
0: is also true for the uh, Song Song of the Solomons. God is not mentioned in that as well. But what um, we love about Esther and why I think it's in uh, the Bible and the canon is because it talks about the Jewish people. Also, there are a lot of history uh Josephus and a lot of other people, there's a lot of references to the Jewish people that hold Esther in high regard. Uh, Matter of fact, for years, I don't know if this is true at this moment, for years, Esther was one of the most popular names that the Jewish people would uh, name their daughters. So Esther was very
1: exalted among the Jewish people. Well, it makes sense because she technically saved them from annihilation. I mean, the Lord used her, ultimately as was God, but just saying. Yes, she plays a, a vital role.
0: We do know this. We know that Esther was very much aware of what the cost would be if she went before the king without him calling her.
1: She went to him, but he had to accept her in. But even going to him, standing in the court was against the law. And then he she, held out his gold scepter and was like, I accept. Which come, was the rules. Come hither, yes. Right. And she came. Because if came he didn't from. hold his gold scepter out, then
0: see ya. Okay. So the cost and the risk that Esther had to you know, settle on to yeah. be okay with is like, you know what? I've got to do this. Because Mordecai was saying to her, you know, you're just not a pretty face here. Right, God has placed you in this position for such a time as this, which we read so much about for such a time as this. And the Jewish people in their lives were really at risk. And so Mordecai knew that Haman was trying to destroy the Jewish people. Well, and yeah, so, he was
1: wanting to annihilate them, like all the whole people group.
0: You know, I find it interesting that Esther did not tell the king that she was Jewish. He did not know that. And so Mordecai is saying— You know, if you think, because you're just a pretty face, if you think that just because you're a queen, once the king realizes that you're Jewish and this is taking place and that they made a
1: law to destroy all the Jewish people, don't think you're going to escape this. Right. Well, and the ironic thing is the king made the law. I mean, he didn't really know what he was doing because he was tricked by Haman. Haman, that's right. So she's basically going to him and, I mean— Ultimately, she's saying, Hey, you you just put an edict into place that's gonna annihilate my people. Ultimately, you made a mistake. I need you to and the thing, and I don't know, maybe our listeners know this, but it's like you can't the king couldn't even go back on his own edict. Like he couldn't. So I would imagine there's an element of like there's nothing he can do. There's nothing the king can do because it's already been it's already been put into place. So, and there's I would imagine there's an element for Esther to be like, wh- what would be the point of me even going to the king and risking my life? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I I would imagine she felt like I'll, I'm risking myself for nothing because the edict can't be revoked. It can't be undone. So I'm gonna go risk my life for something that can't even change. And that's where it's like we have to. It's almost like you. I, I can't help but see God in that—in her faith in God in that, because she had to have had faith, because it was such mm-hmm. an impossible situation that I don't know of anything else that would have propelled her to do that, you know? Or rescued
0: her. There's no way she was going to be rescued from this unless God intervened, and she knew that. And that's why she called and told Mordecai, you have got to get the people, the Jewish people, to pray. And so she asked them to fast and to pray. So she did have faith because she was well, right. saying, "I, I'm not going. I'm going to do this because I think it's the right
1: thing to do. But we have got to pray. Well, but what? Yeah, what I'm saying is like, but for the solution, like it's like she's not going to him to say you have to undo this because she knows that can't be done. He can't undo the edict. And so I'm sure she's thinking of like, well, how can this be solved? Because this edict's already been put into place. He's already sealed it with his ring. So yes, pray for my life. But also I would imagine there's an element of like, pray for a solution because what, you know, well, it just feels impossible. It's like, what can be done? Because our fate has literally been sealed by the ring, which ultimately we know. It's changed. Yeah. Well, he didn't change it. He just made a different one.
0: I guess, Carrie, we need to really think about is the theme here, and what is the theme? And the theme is being willing to take a stand for what is right, be willing to take whatever the cost it might be to do and be obedient to what God wants you to do. And I know that God's not mentioned here, but we also know that God had promised to be faithful to keep a remnant, to keep the Jewish people. And I think His... Commitment and faithfulness to the Jewish people is so in this book. That's where
1: I see God in it. God's faithfulness right. to His Word. Right. Well, I think that's like what I was saying is they didn't know how He was going to do it. You know, Esther right. and Mordecai were like, "I'll go forward," but this edicts are been put into place. It can't be revoked. Mm-hmm. I'll go forward and trust that God will do something. But I don't see how. I don't see what He can do. I don't see what can be done because this has already been sealed with the king's ring. And obviously God makes a way and, you know, spares all the lives. But yeah, I think that's part of it is like taking a stand. Like we, a lot of times it's just, okay, I know that this is what God's asked me to do. I have no idea how he's going to make a way. But Mm -hmm. because it literally seems like there's no way. It seems like, you know, when laws are in place or when, you know, impossibilities or— you know, like systems or whatever that seems like they can't be undone, or hearts. It's like, God, we just don't know how God can do something. Exactly. And how,
0: really, from the very beginning, God uses Esther's beauty to get the king's attention. Uh, And then as you look back, and because you know the end of the story, you see God's hand all the way through it. But as you're saying, Esther didn't know that. Mordecai didn't know that. Mordecai knew that it was a miracle that Esther was the queen of Persia. And and the fact that she was Jewish, you know, and even though, you know, the king didn't realize that and didn't know that, God did. And I, I think that for us, Kara, you know, just started thinking about this, like you're saying exactly what you're saying. Like, we don't know what God's going to do. And sometimes when we look around and we see things. We think it's just hopeless. And often, you know, we say, well, who am I? Like, I can take a stand, but nobody's going to listen to me. And of course, I realize she's the queen, but I'm just saying. But it's like she was the queen,
1: but she really didn't have a lot of say. I mean, like we were saying at the beginning, it's like, yeah, she was the queen, but also she couldn't even go to the king without being called. So. Summoned.
0: Exactly. So it's not like she was sitting up there uh, ruling. But I, I, I do feel like the fact that Mordecai, is really the hero. I, I know we give Esther so much credit, and obviously Esther played a, a huge role, but it was Mordecai. And you know, Mordecai adopted Esther. Uh, Esther didn't have a family. Uh, her mom and dad had died, and this is his cousin, and he adopts her, and he had, you They're know... Their cousins? Ta-
1: yes. Oh, I thought their
0: uncle. She, he's the
1: uncle. Oh, yeah, he's and, the uncle, and she's the... Yeah, yeah.
0: Yes, and so... You know, just sitting there thinking, you know, oh, my goodness, like how Mordecai was used by God. We, You know, Esther, of course, I'm not saying that she didn't play a Bible role, but I just
1: think we sometimes— Esther wouldn't have been a thing if Mordecai wasn't who Mordecai is, like if he hadn't taken her in and and if he hadn't have gone to her to— really encourage her I mean that says a lot about I think their relationship as well for her mm-hmm. to trust him also you know to speak into her life I mean ultimately yeah. and you know what I love
0: this is so crazy I mean I'm glad that she's beautiful and I'm glad she was able to have Yeah, clearly you um, brought that up a few times you really I, are. I know and I love <laughs> I love a good spa I love some makeup I mean I'm all about it but what I love really and truly is mordecai's heart not only to rescue esther but to rescue the people and i'm thankful that at the end actually you know he gets rewarded for his yes but i just think that it's just amazing of how god uses
1: so many things he uses the heart of mordecai and the beauty of esther yeah well and i think well, we could look at you could look at it as like, well, of course, it was easy for Mordecai to ask Esther to risk her life, but also it's like he mm. was he Esther was like his daughter, his child, so it probably mm. was harder for him to ask Esther to do that, you know, because he I bet he didn't want to ask her to do that, you know, like that the faith of like knowing what was on the line, knowing her life was on the line, that couldn't have been easy, you know. To mm, right, mean, I. I can't imagine. You know, like you asking me, like, hey, can you go do this thing that potentially will kill you? Yeah, that, and it's a good point. I think that the principle here
0: that we can learn is not necessarily go to the spa, but what we can learn is sometimes you have to look past the danger or what might cost you and look at what might cost you more if you don't do it. it it's like— sometimes we get caught up it's like two with things things in immediate the balance. yes it's like yeah. this immediate issues, these this the cost for right now. But what Mordecai was and yes, you're right. I think you know he probably was like, I am really asking Esther to do something. but I think that Mordecai looked past Esther and thought, right. wait a minute. Esther, you're here. There's a reason
1: you're there. Mm-hmm. Well, he was and ultimately God has placed it, you there. Yeah, like he ultimately was not thinking of himself. He was thinking right. of the bigger picture that God of God's people and all of that.
0: You know, Kara, you've heard me say this so many times, and it's true. And just recently, Howard and I um, celebrated our fifty-one year anniversary. And you've heard me say that, you know, went to this pastor and he was you know, very strong, very faithful to his stand on divorce. And do you remember what he said? I've told you this so many times. He -hmm. said to me, you don't want to look back and wonder what God would have done had you obeyed him. And I see that all through Esther.
1: And you're not saying about divorce that it's I'm just like saying, you,
0: this is my story right, and what that's God what I has just, done.
1: The, just, yeah, like you're not speaking for anyone else to anyone else. You're just saying for your situation. I say this,
0: and it, this, there's never an umbrella of always everybody is the same. But there was a pastor that took a stand. And had he not taken a stand, you and I would not be here today.
1: Right. we well, wouldn't I'm, be doing podcasts I, I you literally would I not literally hear. would not be here that's right that's all uh, I'm saying I would not exist as a human yes I will say one of the, my favorite things in the book of Esther that I just want to point out real quick that has to do with I mean what we're talking about obviously with Esther but one of my favorite moments in the story of Esther has to do and I think about this I mean even just I would say the last week and I'm not even in Esther yet in my reading But God has brought this to my mind many a time is when you're in a situation and feeling like whether it's a situation that you need to take a stand in, or if it's just a personal situation, or just needing God or wanting God to do something or to change something or to do the impossible or to spare your life or Mm -hmm. whatever. But asking God to do something and feeling like He's not doing anything, I always— think about there's this moment where the king is asleep and he wakes up and he can't sleep mm-hmm. and he asks his servant to basically read the records mm-hmm. and he realizes oh you know Mordecai did this great yes. thing for the king many many like I don't know months or years before and he realizes wait do we ever honor this man for mm-hmm. what he did and they realize no and, and that kind of starts the whole story of or not the story, but that's kind of this climactic moment of really revealing Haman's deceitfulness. Mm -hmm. The Esther had just, you know, like it was this pivotal moment. It was the night before even Esther asked the king, you know, to change everything. And and it's in chapter six, if anyone wants to go read it. But it's a kind of a small moment, but in all reality, it kind of is a moment that really shifts everything. And it's a moment that God does where he... He wakes the king up in the middle of the night and he mm-hmm. just has him, you know, just has this thought of like, oh, I'll just have this, you know, servant read me the records because I can't sleep. And, and I think of that because, and especially lately, this story is, God's brought the story to my mind because it's almost like he's telling me like, you don't know what mm-hmm. I'm doing. Like I could wake him up in the middle of the night and completely change his heart. I could, you know, I could disturb sleep and change the course of history. I can, you know, like, there's just so much power of, like, you not, like, yes, we don't know what God's doing, but almost, like, I can use the smallest of moments. Like, I can use a moment to bring a memory to someone, be like, oh, my gosh, like, did I even, you know, thank that person, or did I even— ask for forgiveness or did I even apologize or did I even, I don't know, whatever it may be, but it's my favorite moment in the story of Esther because I i, I think it it really is a climactic and pivotal moment, but it's such a simple moment, but it's a moment that only, literally only God could do, mm-hmm. like God orchestrated it all and just uses this moment of a man waking a man up who can't, he can't sleep, he's restless, and how God uses that to change the history of the Jewish people.
0: Absolutely. And I love that because really and truly, as I was you know, studying today and reading through Esther, I was just thinking, I love the fact how like exactly what you said, God just does what we think is impossible. In, in, in a moment, He can change the course of history. And here is Mordecai, who had done something that had been very faithful to the government. Mm-hmm. Faithful to the kings and and no one had paid attention. It's not like you know, like you said at that moment, mm-hmm. no one had even recognized. When well, the king and did the things, say, "Yeah," he the, was like,
1: "Oh, I want to honor you," but then he never did by just it, forgetfulness. And I just think that sometimes
0: we just never know when God's going to honor our obedience. Yeah, and
1: and I think that's what you're saying, and I think that that's huge. Well, and I think too, when you're praying for someone else. In particular, it's like, you know, God should be like, you don't know what I'm doing in their heart. Like I could, Mm -hmm. you know, you don't know the restless nights or you don't know the moments I wake them up or the moments where they could be reading their Bible. Or I don't know, you know, like for anyone who is praying for someone else or praying for a situation. It's like, I don't know, just for me in particular, like that moment, I just have felt God— And which is kind of funny because I didn't know that we were talking about Esther today. But and like I said, I'm not even in Esther in my reading yet. But God just bringing this whisper up of, you don't know what I could do in a moment, or you know, like I can use the restless man in his sleep, you Mm -hmm. know, just like I did in in this story. And you know, we said at the very beginning, God's not mentioned,
0: and yet we see God's hand all through Esther. Because we know only God can do that. And even though Esther had a great plan, Mordecai had a a great plan, on the other hand, Haman had a plan. And it looks like they're fighting, like Haman's going to win, and yet God just steps in. And I think that that's what you're saying, Kara, is that we just don't know what God's going to do. We don't know what God's doing in other people's lives. Mm -hmm. But what we can know, that these situations and things that are happening, I mean, literally, the fact— that Mordecai adopts Esther. I mean, right. that was God beginning to move. We look at the fact that it's at this dinner, and um, it, we just look at the fact that Esther, you know, exposes Haman right in front of the king, and there's Haman sitting there. We we look at that and think, like, oh, that's such in a moment. I wish we'd been there. That been like ah in your face. But God's working from the very beginning,
1: and I think that that's where. I think that's what you're saying. Right. Well, yeah. It's like, yes, God can do the impossible. And I think that's why I love that, the the moment in chapter 6 in Esther. It's it, I just think it shows all of that. It shows God doing the impossible, mm-hmm. but then also God orchestrating all these details and God doing something that we don't know he's doing. You know, like right. Esther went to sleep that night knowing, OK, I'm about to have this banquet with Haman. <laughs> And the king, you know, like, she's like—because at that point, she had asked to have a banquet, but she also hadn't asked for the, Mm -hmm. quote-unquote, favor. So she's probably—who knows how her night was. I'm sure she was restless as well. And that's why she told the Jews to
0: pray. Like, Mordecai, we
1: got to pray. Yeah, and little did they know that God— Used a simple moment of the king being like, "I can't sleep. Hey, servant, read me these records." Mm-hmm. You know, kind of like a bedtime story, and use that to remind him and show him. And of course, it sets off um, a multitude of events. But yeah, it's like you you don't know what God's doing. Like it may, it may seem like nothing is happening, but like you don't know. You don't know what's happening in the middle of the night, or you know, in the quietness of moments in someone's heart, right. or You don't know the whispers that God may be, you know, speaking. You just never know.
0: And you know what, Kara, as we close, this is so exciting to me. Everything that you're saying is true. Everything about, you just never know what God's doing. And we've talked about the fact that we need to take a stand. And sometimes, you know, we're so often more concerned about what it's going to cost us than what it's going to cost us not to obey Him. And then we go right into Job And really and truly, ironically, the theme and the story of Job is, will a man serve God for nothing? You know, we go right into Job, and and it says that, you know, Satan is roaming around, and he goes to God, and God says, Have you ever considered my servant Job? And, um, you know, I just think there's this theme is, will we love and obey God even if it cost us? Will a man serve God for nothing? Mm
1: -hmm. That's a question. Yeah, Yeah. and you just never know. He can do a lot
0: with with a little bit of obedience. And you never want to look back and wonder what God would have done had you just obeyed Him.
1: Thanks for listening. I'm so glad that you could be a part of our conversation. To continue the conversation, you can find Dot on social media at Dot Bowen or visit her website, Dot Bowen.com. Subscribe, like, and share with your friends, and we will see you next week on Write This Down with Dot Bowen.